Yo, 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 yo. Welcome in, folks, to another edition of Cooler Talk. I am your boy, Stevie Dollars. It is episode 19. We now have the Super Bowl matchup set. It's not what I predicted all the way around, but hey, I'd rather have half of it right than none of it right at all, folks. And um, we're going to get right into it. The Super Bowl is set for Atlanta. Super Bowl 53. We got the Rams. We got the Patriots. That's right, the Rams and the Patriots. And ironically, the last time the Rams was in the Super Bowl was back in 2002 when the damn dynasty was let to begin when the Patriots knocked off the greatest show on turf. They defeated the Rams and Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, and Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt. They then began their run of this Brady and Belichick dilemma. But first things first, I'm going to give you my thoughts of how they got there. And basically, the NFL doesn't have their championship game weekends without any sense of drama. And these last two championship games did everything to keep that end of the bargain held up. In New Orleans, we all know by now, as the Saints have been bickering all over social media, that they feel like they were unfairly cheated. And I'm here to say that's not the case. Yes, the game did come down to that human element part of it, but quite frankly, the Saints had opportunity after opportunity to put their foot on the gas and just to knock the Rams out when they had a chance. They didn't do that. Now, leading up into the game, the Saints, Drew Brees, Sean Payton, unstoppable at home in the playoffs, undefeated, never lost a game. that kicks team's ass in the Superdome. The Rams came in, Jared Goff, Sean McVay, Todd Gurley, they're the new thing right now. Everybody wants that new Sean McVay. I get it. He's young. He's winning. It's great. It's a copycat lead. But leading into this game, the Saints jumped out just like they did in the first game, jumped out big. Not as big, but 13 nothing is big. They were up 13 nothing. Before the half came, the Rams made it 13-10. The Saints then jumped out, made it 20-10. They're up 10, but it really didn't feel like that the, the, the Rams are really out of it. You knew that they were one big drive away, getting their confidence all the way in, all the way up there, and they feel like they could do it. Um, it was interesting because Jared Goff battled the noise, and then he had to battle the Saints defense it was great to see him do it all game he even ran out and communicated in the receivers ears because he said hey they can't hear me yelling because it was just that loud third quarter golf puts on a drive ends it with a touchdown reception to the tight end Higby it's 20 to 17 and at that particular point in time you're like oh boy we have a ball game the Saints have four, four red zone possessions in the second half, including the overtime. They couldn't get the job done. They only came away with three points. Um, that's not going to get it done, especially when you're playing, playing an offense like the Rams that can just score at will. They can turn it up. They, they run like a fast break Lakers showtime offense. So if you get down there four times, you only come away with three points. You got to, you know, bump the ref that didn't throw the flag. Every player in that locker room has to look at themselves and saying, hey, 
it's on us. We dropped the ball. We didn't get the, we didn't get the job done. Um, as you guys know by now, the Saints had a chance to really end the game. They're driving. They throw a pass to a receiver out the backfield. Um, Rams DB just runs through the receiver. Ref does not throw the flag. Human element came in. It's a bang bang play. They were letting them play throughout the whole game. So at this point in time, the Rams are um, they they made a key stop. It's 2020 at this particular point in time. The Saints then have to kick the field goal. They're up 23 to 20 with they would have threw the flag. They would have had the ball inside the 10. They would have been able to run the clock down a little bit more. And they would have possibly scored a touchdown to win the game. Jared Goff doesn't have that much longer to go in order to get his team in field goal range. He does just that. Legatron seals it with the field goal. We're going into overtime. In the overtime, the Jaguar curse, me being the Jaguar fan that I am, I've seen it time and time again. The curse lives on. Dante Fowler, who was traded to the Saints, I'm sorry, to the Rams from the Jags midseason, came up and made a play just as he did in last year's AFC title game, just as he did against the Patriots this, this coming year when they played him in Jacksonville. Week two, he made a play on Drew Brees where he came up the middle, hit his arm as he was throwing, balls hanging up in the air, Rams pick it off. They're already in field goal range at that point, or just outside of field goal range. They come in, kick the field goal, they're going to Atlanta and not New Orleans. Then things got real interesting after the game because everybody wants to attack the ref. And it's like, dude, yes, the ref made a mistake. If he did his job, chances are you guys win. But you should have did your job before that to where you could take care of your business where you're not dependent on a damn referee. Drew Brees, maybe we've watched him on the decline and we just have been in awe of his greatness for so long that we don't want to admit it until you can't hide from it no more brings me back to the last half of the season including the five regular season games because he didn't play the last game of the year and the two playoff games the saints led by drew Brees, points per game decrease passing yards per game decrease yards per pass decrease so Started with that Dallas game. You you started seeing him not pushing the ball downfield as much. Granted, he was pressured a little bit more than he would have probably liked in some of those games. But he didn't get the ball down the field. You got to wonder, with all this going on, this is two years in a row the Saints have found Heartbreak Hotel in the playoffs. The Minneapolis Miracle in a divisional round against the Vikings that propelled the Vikings to the NFC title game where they got thumped by the Eagles last year. Now this year, you guys are at home, NFC title game. Breeze, Peyton, undefeated. It's automatic at this point that they're going to the Super Bowl and they don't get there. After the game, Breeze did say he was coming back for another year, but he'll be 42 next year. He didn't necessarily push the ball down the field as one would have hoped later on in the year. So who's to say that they'll get right back into that spot that they were in 
Hell, look at Jacksonville. Miles Jack was not down in New England. AFC title game. Jacks was a shell of themselves this year. We hope they can get it turned around while that defense still has that window of opportunity, but it's not guaranteed. And at some particular point in time, all of this heartbreak will catch up to the Saints, you would think. Their division is going to be a little bit tougher next year, so I get it. I get it. These guys, these guys really felt like, hey, this is our time. But the irony of the story is this. If it's going to end the way it needs to end, you would think maybe it needs to end against the team it all started with before, a la that's where the Rams come in. So Brady and the Patriots are moving on. They're going to take on the Rams. This has to be one of the greatest works Brady and Belichick have put together as they've assembled the team with no big real offensive threats. Their offensive threat in Gronk isn't himself. He did have a decent game in the AFC title game, but he hasn't been himself. He's been set out of games because he's looked too old. So Brady and Belichick and company, you would figure, would appreciate this a lot more than they would any others. Um, they definitely appreciated going on the road in the AFC title game and winning a road playoff game, something they haven't been forced to do since early 2000, we'd probably say 2007, 2008, because every year they have it set up where they don't have to leave Foxborough at this time of year unless they're going to the Super Bowl. But again, when you're playing the Patriots and you have your opportunities of winning, you have to win the damn game. Andy Reid knows better than anybody. The Chiefs had them. They had them. The Patriots made them play their game early. The Chiefs caught fire late. Who would have thought the Patriots would have took a 14-0 lead into the half? But they did. Led by a strong running game and Tom Brady precision passing, they were up 14-0. Then the Chiefs come, come out in the fourth quarter and they turn it up. They score 24 unanswered points quick, fast, and in a hurry. Sets up now. They have the lead. Tom Brady has about two minutes and some change left. But that crowd's rocking. They got to try and score. They got to do something quick. Brady throws an interception. First of all, in the drive before, you just had a lot going on. You had the third, the penalty on third down where they call roughing the passer when Aubrey Jones jumps up in the air and swipes his hand down. And you know Brady, Brady's like Jordan. You couldn't touch Jordan. You can't touch Brady. So when that hand swiped, yeah, it didn't look like much. Yeah, he kind of skated or scraped the front part of his face mask, but you hit it. So they're going to call that boom. The one that was more demoralizing wasn't that one because they made up, they made up for it with stopping them. The one that really hurt was when you got the game won, you just picked off Brady. You're, you're ready to celebrate. It's under a minute left, but wait a minute. There's a flag on the far end of the field because D4 was lined up in the neutral zone. Andy Reid, instead of taking ownership, of the of that after the game, he's saying, well, you know, they normally warn the players during the game, throughout the game, hey, you're a little bit too close. Hey, you're moving a little fast. No, dude, they're not doing that this time. 
Why? Because it's the AFC Championship game. Your team needs to be disciplined, Andy. You let them down, Andy. You let them down. Then when you then when you guys had a chance to, you know, slow the game down, your offense is already what I thought proven to, to, to show at this point in time when they're on that run of scoring 24 straight that, hey, we can do whatever we want now. We got them on their heels. Slow the game down and run the football. They didn't do that. They gave Tom Brady way too much time. Then in the overtime, Brady, as soon as they win the coin toss, you guys can forget about getting the football. They're not giving you guys back the football. They didn't. You stop them on first and second down just to give up a big third down. You stop them again on first and second down just to give up a big third down. And they're not, they're not third downs where they're running different plays. They're running the same action, putting Elderman in motion, sending Elderman across the field on the pick route. Brady's comfort zone is right in front of him, flashing in front of his face. You can't get pressure on Brady because they don't give up any pressure. Then the last third down, they give you the same action. You, you still don't take advantage of knowing what's coming. And you leave Eric Berry on an island against Gronk. He falls asleep. Gronk catches a quick slant. Boom. First down. Next play. Run the ball. Ball game. Touchdown. Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. In order to beat this team, you have to play exceptional well you have to take advantage of your opportunities when they're given because they're not going to give you many opportunities but when they give them to you you got to play mistake free football and you got to take advantage of it in a discussion if you don't do that you don't win the football game feel free to check us out on um facebook the Cooler Talk Facebook page, just pull it up, Cooler Talk, like it, share it. Feel free to weigh in on the different posts, comment, interact with your boy. I love to interact with my with my listeners, get your feedback on the show, different things you'd like to see on the future podcast coming up. Also, you can definitely check me out on Twitter, Stevie underscore dollars, that's D-O-L-L-A-Z. Um the Super Bowl set, guys. We got the Rams and the Patriots. I definitely let you guys know how I feel about that on the next episode of the podcast. But in doing my early research, everybody's just going to think that this has to do with McVeigh and Belichick. It has everything to do with that. But the more better matchup I like from a coaching standpoint would be Wade Phillips, the defensive coordinator from the Rams, against Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Um, the Patriots have lost Super Bowl guys. They have lost Super Bowls, but when they've lost them, their offense have been a shell of themselves and the defense have scripted up a great defensive game plan to get Brady off his spots, to pressure Brady. We all know, we all know that the Rams have the potential to do so, especially when they have the best player in football outside of the quarterback position in Aaron Donald, alongside with Sue, with Fowler, with Brockers. They're secondary and Tlaib and Peters, they can cover. Um, it is, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game. And I'll let you guys know how I feel about that on the next um, podcast. We're moving right along. The NBA is now getting ready to take center stage within the next couple of weeks. where that'll be the main sport everybody would flock and draw to. But if you've been away from it for a while, you've missed probably one of the 
I wouldn't say one of the greatest runs, but but a pretty cool run James Harden is on. He dropped 61 points on the Knicks. That's right, 61 points on the Knicks in the Garden um, the other night. The Rockets have won it. They're now uh, in the sixth spot in the West. They've he's brought them back. They've come alive. Um, he's on this this streak of like 15 plus games of 30 plus points or more. He's been killing it as of late. I think that's his fourth game of 50 points or more. They're three and one in them. Yeah, they did lose a game when he dropped 50 plus points. But if you're a Rockets fan, you gotta like what you're seeing from Harden because you're saying, hey. At some point, Chris Paul is going to stop doing State Farm commercials. He's going to get back on the floor. And we're going to have Clint Capella and the MVPs in his bag. They finally was able to dump off Carmelo's contract to the Bulls. You got to feel like he won't be staying there much longer. He, He won't even show up. You just feel like, hey, they'll release him here. Clear Ravers at some point in time, he'll find his way to get into La La Land. If that's where he's really going to play at, I don't think Magic and them are going to be in such a rush to jump the gun with that to have a nice little nucleus around LeBron. But we'll see how that plays out. Speaking of LeBron, he's still out. Um, we don't know when he's coming back. They're, they're trying to downplay it. I'm starting to think now the injury is a lot more serious than it was made to believe. He went down um, in Golden State. When he um, say he heard something pop in his groin area, that's not good. Um, but they were at the time the fourth seed in the West. They were out playing all expectations at that particular point in time. They've now since he's been out. Now they're on the outside looking in in the playoffs, they're in the ninth spot. But ask Rajon Rondo about how he feels about it. He say, "Hey, not worried about it. We got LeBron James. And last I checked, LeBron doesn't miss the finals." I mean, the playoffs. You're right, Rajon. <laughs> Food doesn't miss the finals neither. So, I mean, you guys get him back. The way they're talking, they got to like their chances, even with Lonzo being out with a sprained ankle for about maybe a month, month and a half. I think Lonzo's ankle problems comes down to the big brawler, no ankle support shoes that he's wearing. Hopefully him and his dad can find a common point because now he's starting to look injury prone. And I think it's really the sneakers, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much the well. Boogie's back for the Warriors. That's scary, as it looks like as he gets his legs and back into shape. Everybody's pretty much playing for second place at this point in time. Um, but, yeah, it's cool to see Boogie back on the floor. Um, he fits so good into their offensive scheme because he's a big man that can pass. He can space the floor. He can give it to you down low. He can give it to you with a step back, pick and pop. They're going to be dangerous, man. And the only way you catch them is if you catch them slipping in a series or, or two. I mean, you just going to have to play well to knock these guys off. And it's going to be tough, man. It's gonna, it, it is going to be tough. Um, in baseball news, man, with Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, who's going to sign first? I mean, what are they doing, man? Another team in the White Sox, I put their names in at least the Manny Machado um, field. He's definitely, you know, going about it where he's going to have some big money potential lined up. It's just he got to pick the right team that he would want to sign for for at least eight years and about darn near 300 mil or whatever the ridiculous number is. But I'm starting to think these guys are just hesitant in signing because, they don't want to report the spring training in the next couple of weeks. 
They don't want to go out there when pitchers and position players have to come to work and throw the little baseball and take ABs and the you know in the sun and stuff. They they want to extend their run or break. At least that's what it's looking like. So you got to feel like sooner or later um, one of those guys will sign. The Tennessee Volunteers are the number one ranked team in basketball. We don't know how long that's going to last. Um, but as of right now, they're number one. So big shout out to the SEC um, as, you know, college basketball is starting. You know, the, the game garner a little bit more attention as football season is getting ready to wind down. Um, the Pro Bowl is this weekend. Speaking of football, can never have too much football. Pro Bowl in Orlando, AFC, NFC. Um, we got some stars lined up, man. Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be down there. Tyreek Hill, he's going to be down there. Couple of my Jags, Calais, the mayor of Saxonville, and King Ramsey, they're gonna be down there. Um, on the NFC side, you got the little Cowboys battery and Dak and um, Dak and Coop. You guys got, you know, um, Melvin Gordon is gonna be running that ball. You, you got, you got some some guys down there, man. Trubisky for the Bears. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to Pro Bowl to see how things line up. And actually, you know, we're, I'll probably tune in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter when they get serious, when that check is on the line, if it's close. But they got skills, competition, and all that stuff up there um, as well. Now, we got a little, I had a little interesting um, line of events um, this this past weekend, as we had another fight, uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr., Adrian Bronner, take, took on Manny Pacquiao. That was pretty interesting. Uh, you paying for fights these days, man, you really must love, you know, just paying for fights and you can just, you know, stream it or you can go somewhere and watch it. I figure if you go somewhere and watch it, you're actually doing it for the culture and to be around the folks. But, I mean, hey, to each his own. Sorry, Showtime. I streamed it for the free ski. Um, so yeah, I mean, and now I, I wasn't impressed with the fight boxing as you know, boxing is boxing at this particular point. Um, a lot of people have been giving their, their intake on the fight because Bronner just think he won and he really was a punching bag and somebody really needed to remind him now dynamite little Moe's husband. They was on the breakfast club. Um, guys, apparently, you know, a boxer, um, hasn't fought in a while, but he's a boxer. So he was giving his take. Because um, he was at the fight, one of AB's good friends, and he's like, yo, Pacquiao was hitting him, but he was, you know, hitting him on the arm, you know, lasting, making little, landing little body shots, you know, little stuff we eat. It's not like he was hitting him in the chin or anything like that. But it's like, my man, your boy only threw 56 punches throughout the whole fight. I can probably remember him throwing like 8 to 10. <laughs> Um, he won because his face wasn't messed up. He was able to go party, you know, throw some of that money he won. But I mean, instantly after the fight, I just think his his post fight interview was just a tactic of trying to draw people in, get a little social media buzz, buzz up enough to where they can say, hey, we can actually run this product out there to the fans again. Um, yeah, so that that clearly didn't didn't bond well. Um over the internet and, and and then interesting enough pacquiao's home out in la got vandalized and robbed so i mean i guess 
Some people was upset that, you know, he might have got an A.B.'s ass and they wanted, you know, I guess send a message. But nobody was hurt because, of course, they were all in Vegas, you know, celebrating the big win. But that's pretty much all I got for you guys today. I won't hold you any longer. Um, Another short and sweet um, episode here of Cooler Talk. Next episode, we definitely dive into it all Super Bowl all the time on the next rendition of Cooler Talk as we'll definitely dive into the matchup of the Rams and the Patriots. I'll let you guys know who I'll be siding with at that time. Again, I'd rather have half of the Super Bowl right than none of the Super Bowl right. I wanted Brady and Breeze. We just got Brady, but we got a young star in golf on the rise. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Feel free to weigh in, comment on on our Facebook page, Cooler Talk. Look me up on Twitter, Stevie underscore dollars, D-O-L-L-A-Z. It's a wet one here on the East Coast, guys. I want everybody to stay dry, try and stay warm, be safe, and whatever it is you'll be doing, enjoy the sports coming up in the next couple of days. Until you guys hear my voice again, I appreciate all the support and the listeners I have. It's always good to know that someone out there is appreciating the work that I'm putting in. Until next time, guys, stay safe and peace.